When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com. And Tracy.com and it's sex talk S E X T O K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website, listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? I'm all right. I'm happy because it's sunny here and it's sunny there, which makes a big change. That's big true. Change. Yes. Are you super influenced by the weather? Do you feel like it affects your moods a lot? Um, I don't think as much as other people, but I really do like light. Like I love, and I feel like when I lived in New York for that short period, I felt like I could cope with the cold because it was light. And Australia's light. And one thing the UK isn't is light. <laughs> and so it's what's why it's so, and when, it, when the sun's out, everything looks better, doesn't it? That's true. Everything looks so much better. It feels so much better. But no, I think I cope better than other people because I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm just locked inside this bloody office half the time. So I don't notice the weather. I know. That's I think I'd probably I notice the weather more if I went to work. Yeah, same, isn't it, really? I know. I take my kids oh. to school and I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful day. Well, now I'm going to just sit at my desk all day. Okay, here yeah. we go. <laughs> but at least I know it's And here great. we are sitting at the desk yes, again. Exactly. <laughs> but doing fun things. So yes. today we have three new questions, anonymously sourced. And as a reminder, if you listening have a question, go to sextalkpod.com and enter your own question. Okay, so are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. I've been married for 15 years and have sex once a week. My husband tells me this isn't enough and that other couples do it much more than we do. Is he right? He's starting to make me feel like there's something wrong with me for not wanting to do it more often. And excuse my, excuse my cold here. I sound ridiculous, but okay. I, well, I, before I launch into my thing, what, what's your take? Because I know what I think, but what, what do you think? is about right for somebody who's been married for 15 years. Just a mad guess. I mean, I I think that sounds good. I mean, it sounds to me like the issue is the husband telling her that he's like guilting her into having more sex. Like that seems to me to be the red flag of this question. Yep. And we're going to deal with that at the very end because I think it is the red flag. The husband would have been far better off to say to her, how can I make sex more interesting for you so you will want it more often? He would have gone a lot further with that than saying, well, you're not normal. I hate that. Whenever anyone says anything about you're not normal. So that is the red flag. But the the truth of the matter is, is that is quite normal. In fact, once a week, if you've been together for 15 years, it's actually 
on the high side frequently for frequency for couples in that situation. And the thing is, there is no right amount of sex for any couple because it's so subjective. And it is so much less, it's so much less to do with how often you do it and more to do with what makes both of you happy. And this question absolutely illustrates that perfectly. Do you remember Annie Hall? You know, the creepy Woody Allen film? Yeah, yeah. Probably shouldn't be giving him any airtime, but the quotes in Annie Hall were just so amazing when they as a couple were asked, Diane Keaton and Woody Hall were asked, you know, how often do you have sex by the therapist? And his answer was hardly ever, you know, maybe three times a week. And her answer was constantly, maybe three times a week. And it's <laughs> illustrates it perfectly. What's a lot of sex to one person is hardly any sex for someone else. So there is no normal. It's what works for the two of you. And I honestly, in any scenario, people always worry about how much sex they're having, whether it's enough. So in any scenario, it's whether the two of you are happy and if you're happy that is all that counts okay now why don't we continue to have sex as much as we do at the start and it's called habituation it means that the longer you're together with somebody the the less often you want to have sex because you've removed the novelty factor that is all it's about and the hormones drying up so it's just removing the novelty factor and it happens to couples of all ages like couples in their mid-20s mid-30s have sex an average of maybe eight to nine times per month Two years later, which is the drop-off point, they're having it six times a month, right? So it's not just older people, it's any age that you are. And how about this statistic? I thought this was very interesting. How often you have sex in the first year dictates how often you'll have it from there on in because it sets a pattern. So if you're having above average amount of sex in the first year or a lot below average amount of sex in the first year, that's how it's going to continue for the rest of your marriage, which is Really interesting, I thought. And there is lots of research about what's normal, what's the right amount of time for people who've been in marriages or long-term relationships. And pretty much all of it is, I mean, it's wildly conflicting because so many things impact on it, our moods, our natural libido level, our life experiences. But once a week, does appear to be about the right time. But only half of all serious couples do it once a week. Can I just say? Only about half. And the best survey on frequency, which I always cite, took into account 30,000 Americans and they collected data over four decades, right? So it's a pretty significant study. And they found that having regular sex had many benefits, but it didn't increase if it was more than once a week. So couples who had sex once a week, sorry, couples who had sex more than once a week were no happier than couples who had sex once a week. That was the magic figure. So couples, you know, like people say, oh, wouldn't it be great to have sex every day? Well, in fact, studies show that people who have sex every day or five times plus a week are less happy than people who only have it once a week. So that's the number that you want to be aiming for. But again, it is all that matters for you. And because of COVID, because of our interest in sex is going down over the years, over the decades, we're having much less sex now than we ever did. They've changed the definition of what is a no sex marriage and low sex marriage. And this is sex therapists I'm talking about, obviously. Now, sexless used to be less than 10 times a year. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, which I always thought was ridiculous because I know lots of older couples who have sex, you know, a bit over once a month and are very happy, thanks very much. And they would die to think their marriages were low sex, no sex. But they've now changed it to be a relationship where sex hasn't happened for one year or more. 
far more logical, right? But even then, not perfect. Because say, say you're, you've just had twins, right? Just giving birth to twins, awful birth, really damaged, torn, etc. The twins are a nightmare. You might not have sex for that one year. That, you know, is that all mean your marriage is sexless? No, it means that you're going through a, a difficult life situation. Low sex is still less than 25 times a year. And again, to use the same example, I think if you're in that scenario with the twins and you have sex 25 times, I would call that high sex in that situation, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yes. So I, would, I think yeah. these definitions are really pretty pointless. But again, once a week is a really good idea to aim for. But if you aren't achieving that, only half people do, half of all the people in serious relationships do anyway, maybe once a fortnight is, is maybe worth aiming for. But going back to the original thing that you pointed out, Zibi, the husband's way out of line to be chucking anything like you're not normal because of this, because there is no normal for anything, really. It's something that we really shouldn't say. Yeah. I mean, if you're happy, if you're both happy, who cares? Hmm. I mean, right? Isn't that the point? Of course. If you're, if you're both the point. happy and satisfied and feel like things are great, then you shouldn't be looking over your shoulder and wondering what everybody else does because ultimately it doesn't really matter. It's the same with anything in life, I think. I think be, and also it's it's really impossible to look into other people's relationships. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I've got girlfriends who are having sex all the time and I go back and I think, God, I should be having sex more often. And then I think, well, no, because in fact, they're in this situation and I'm in this situation. You have to constantly remind yourself that you're unique. We're all so unique. Yeah. And it is what makes you happy. As long as you're both happy, that's it. Yes. Well, I would... Caution this person who wrote in to maybe work on the communication with her hus her husband and talk about the sort of passive aggressive communication style that he has and how maybe that's making her not want to have sex. Just a guess. I mean, yes, right, yes, that's how Good I would cool. Feel. Anyway, okay. Question yep. two: My partner wants to try role playing our fantasies, but the thought of dressing up and play acting fills me with dread. At best, I think I'd laugh. At worst, I think I'd die with embarrassment. <laughs> what should I do? She's insistent. We give it a go. <laughs> I think role play always makes me want to laugh and because whenever I ever say to any couple, maybe you could think about role playing your fantasies, they usually come back with, you know, I'd rather wash my eyeballs, eyeballs out with bleach or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they would, like most people say, look, I'd laugh, it would ruin the mood. And my answer to that is always, yeah, you probably will laugh, but so what? We take sex so seriously. Like everyone's biggest fear seems to be, I might laugh when we're having sex. Well, so, I mean, it's great if you have a laugh when you're having sex. It's meant to be fun. So I think we need to move away from that. And the other thing that people need to move away from is this whole, I might make a fool of myself in front of my partner. Well, if you're never going to take a risk that might make you look a bit foolish, you're going to end up having, you know, you know, sex in bed on a Saturday night with the lights off. You know, you've got to take a bit of a risk to have interesting sex, okay? But I, having said all that, I do get the cringy thing with role play. I really, really do. And I think especially for a bloke, because I think women dress up all the time and we get in character, you know, we, we put makeup on and we change our clothes and, and we can change our persona with the way we look. And I think, so it's probably easier for us. Would you would you agree with that? Uh. Your many foreplay fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> I think it must depend on the person, right? I, yeah, I, don't know I suppose if you're into amateur dramatics or something, they'd love it. There's some great male actors. I mean, I don't know. I I, I think it depends. I think it depends on the person. But Probably. laughter is usually pretty good medicine for everything. So 
Oh, it is. And if you laugh, so what? Having a good laugh. I think anything for a good laugh, quite frankly. But why I think you should let your wife win in this scenario, this guy should let his wife win, is because long term, what role play does really well is it gets you out of that friend thing where you can't see your partner in any other way other than so instead of being John that takes the bins out he suddenly becomes handsome John who's a physio who's going to do more than fix her dodgy back and (laughs) this is good you know it gets us out of ourselves it makes you see your partner differently this is why people love fancy dress parties and they have the best sex because their partners suddenly become someone else and it's like oh hang on this is someone new right so this is why role play really works and the other reason it works of course is that you get to play out a fantasy or something you'd quite you fancy doing in reality but not quite sure would work which often they don't translate through by the way fantasies but you can get to play that out without the misfire if it doesn't didn't work if you took it through to to reality so plenty of reasons why you should do it so i'm going to give him a few tips on how to do it embarrassment free hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. The first one is to make sure you choose a fantasy that appeals to both of you, obviously, because if you're forced into a fantasy where you just feel like you you just can't relate to it at all, it's not going to work. And you can bet that your wife has a few ready to go. All you need to say is, right, what do you think we should do? Some scenarios that, I mean, we always go for the cliches and they are things like, you know, the doctor who gives you more than aspirin when you're recovering in hospital, you know, the professor who seduces the, you know, gets seduced by the student or seduces the student, shoplifter, security guard, speeding driver, cop, you know, sleeping beauty, hot intruder. And as you can sense already, Zibi, the one thing about fantasies is that you cannot be woke. You cannot be politically correct, right? Because the whole point of a fantasy is it's something daring and something that you wouldn't do in real life that's naughty, that's forbidden, that's bad, right? So you can't be thinking, well, hang on, will my partner think this is woke or not? Because if they do think it's woke, it's probably not going to be very arousing. And so same goes for your partner. Don't be judgmental about what they come up with. Don't think it's a secret wish. That Fantasies are not secret wishes. They are simply things that arouse us. So get past that. So if you don't want to, that's the other thing about um, role play, you don't have to dress up to make it work. And I think that's the bit that everyone thinks, oh, my God. I mean, seriously, if my husband brought home some tacky French maid outfit that was all itchy and revolting, I I would certainly say, no, I'm not going to wear that. That's disgusting. Oh, I thought you meant maybe it was for him. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, that would be a turn up, wouldn't it? Well, that would, I'd have to go along with that just to see it because that would be hilarious, hilarious. But you don't have to dress up as French maids or whatever. You just have a sense of the fantasy. It's just symbolism. So, say his wife said to him, "Right, I want you to be the hot workman that ravages me when you're fixing the kitchen or whatever." All he has to do is strip down to a pair of jeans, you know, without a shirt, right? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, take his shirt off so he's like suddenly without his, his I mean, the guy, I fix, the guy fixing my kitchen sink usually has a shirt <laughs> no. on. Do you know, I'm just thinking this through and thinking, Nor why would I, I want this? to see that guy without his shirt on? <laughs> but also, I mean, why, why am I imagining? New, I need a new plumber is the problem, I guess. <laughs> but but why, why am I suddenly imagining that all workmen wear jeans and no top? I've got no idea. I was going to say add a tool belt if he's got one. But, yeah, maybe, do you know when I picture a workman, I picture somebody in Australia working outside on a house and those kind of workmen usually do have their tops off. So it's clearly I've had some sort of my goodness. Uh, response and it's stuck in my head. So there you go. That this was is uh, the biggest advertisement Australia has ever had. <laughs> <laughs> go to Australia workmen. where all the workmen are outside no shirts and totally off. ripped and gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go. What can I say? The yeah. other thing is make sure you get aroused first because it's a bit like porn. If you're not aroused and somebody starts role-playing, you just cannot take it seriously at all, right? So the more aroused you are first, the more likely you're going to get into the spirit of it. Now, if you do laugh, just make it part of the scenario. Just put it into the scenario. And, you know, like say you're the cop and she's the speeding driver, you would just say, oh, you think it's funny now? Is this funny as you handcuff her to the wheel? You know, pretend, of course. So you just make it part of the scenario. If you so are, honestly... are the cops wearing shirts in this fantasy? <laughs> I think they're wearing shirts, yes. Okay, yeah, all right. They're wearing just, shirts. Just... Mm. I know. Do you know what? This reminds me of, you know, if you have to play Pictionary, if you ever played Pictionary, you have yes, to draw something. Yes, yes, yes. You know when you draw a horse and everybody draws, has a very set image of what a horse looks like in their head, and then yeah. when you draw up your part, you're like, how can you not think a horse is this? Right. It's so weird, isn't it, that we yeah. have these impressions and we think it's weird that no one else thinks the same way. Anyway, yes, the cop had the shirt on. So make it part of the scenario if you laugh. If you honestly are just wetting yourselves, just give in and have a big laugh. And then <laughs> maybe try again later, or maybe it's not going to work for you. The very... You know, what's the worst scenario? You have a big laugh with your partner. I think you should always have a word, some kind of stop word, stop now word in this kind of scenario because, you know, he might... The stop word is get dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stop word is put your shirt on. But, But I mean, because this guy might just feel so excruciatingly embarrassed that he just feels, you know, just just cannot take it further. And... The stop word, obviously, is something that you're not ever going to use in a fantasy. So, for instance, the stop word purple is a lot better than more or something like that. So that's that. So, so have that. And my final trick is do it in a hotel room if you can afford it rather than your own home because it's much easier to put yourself in character in an unfamiliar surroundings and you don't have kids looking for biscuits and dogs wanting to be walked and, you know, flatmates looking for their charger. So it's much easier to role play in 
somewhere other than your house. This is why people sometimes meet outside their place and start it there. Now, I've, I've never been able to do that myself, but, you know, that whole meet in a bar, pretend you're strangers type of thing. I can really see, in theory, why that works. I feel so, like that's the, fir- that's the first chapter of a lot of books, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then they like, then they're like, then you realize that really they're married and they're just role yeah, players. Yeah, it is. And the other thing about hotel rooms, I think hotel rooms are just sexy anyway because you know that lots of people have had sex in there. So it sort of makes it feel sexy. So I would definitely do it in a hotel room. I think that might solve the problem of feeling a bit silly about it all. Well, I'm planning on t- taking my kids <laughs> to the Cartoon Network Hotel. <laughs> and I don't think that a lot of sex has been had in those rooms, if I can make, a, if I can make an educated guess. <laughs> anyway, okay, oh, question dear. number three. I've been with my boyfriend for five years since I was 18. It's been a wonderful relationship, and I love him dearly, but I think I've always known it was more friendship than romantic love for me. The problem is I'm not just breaking up with him. I'm breaking up our families and friends as well. Our lives are so intertwined. I can't bear the thought of hurting everyone and causing so much disruption. What should I do? God, I so felt for this person. Yeah. Have you been in that scenario? Yes, I mean, it's so hard when your families are mixed and you love their families. And yes, yeah, I get that. It's really, really, really bad. And it, and I also find it ironic that often the person you end up with, you often there is some drama with the family. Like with my first marriage, honestly, my my husband's mother just didn't like me at all. And I thought, oh my God, I've got on with every single mother in the whole of my life. And now I'm marrying someone and she doesn't like me. And it was so irrational why she didn't like me. It was because my first husband was Canadian and we were in, had gone to Australia for a holiday, met me and ended up staying. So she was obviously thinking, well, if he didn't, hadn't met her, he'd be coming back and living in Canada so I could okay. see him. And, you know, of course, 20 years later, actually 30 years later, I'm in England, he's still in Australia, remarried, so he was always going to stay in Australia. So it wasn't my fault, thanks very much. (laughs) (laughs) But it is can. I'll try to get the sound clip just for this section so you can email it to her. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And she lives in Canada, so I'm going to see if anyone from Canada is listening to this. But you are, when you know, in this scenario, you are breaking up with everyone. And yes, it's painful. And and I mean, it, it sometimes extends relationships, doesn't it? Where you kind of go off the person but you love the family so much or their kids so much that you hang with somebody for longer than you normally would. And it's really tricky, I think, because you think, well, how can I work it so I can get to keep the family and the friends? And you can try, and some people do make this work, but it's usually difficult. And it's difficult because, like, say your boyfriend wants to stay in contact with your family. Well, Why would he want to? Because every single time he sees him, he's going to be reminded of you. Lots of people stay in contact because they're secretly wanting information that they hope will lead to the two of you getting back together. And it makes it awkward for everybody because say, you know, your boyfriend stayed friends with your family. Well, they can't talk freely about you. And by then you might have moved on, met someone, been in love. You know, they it's all stilted. It's awkward. It can work if you give it time to for the two of you to be separate, it can work. You know, I've stayed, I mean, my, I know a couple of people who've stayed friends with exes, you know, relatives and stuff like that. So it can work, but it's difficult. And the fact of the matter is, is that 
you're not in love with the family, you're in love with him. And well, you're not in love with him more to the point in the right way. And it's crueler to stay in this scenario than it is to to cause all this upset because you will cause upset because there will be people hoping you're going to get married and they're going to dash all their hopes as well as his hopes. But you can't stay with somebody because you feel sorry for them. You can't stay because you love the family because it's not right. He deserves to have somebody that loves him properly and so do you. So if you are sure of this, and it sounds like you are, the time to break up is now. I think you need to just sit him down and very kindly and gently say, look, I don't feel the way that I want to feel. I'm devastated that I don't feel that way because I truly do love you, but I just feel like you deserve more. And, you know, I would love to be friends, but, you know, I realise this is going to take time. And then I think you need to find out whether he wants you to tell the family of the friends or whether he's going to he can you need to wait until that happens and then and only then can you write the tearful you know this is hurting as much to break up with you as it is with him you know and would love to be friends but I think if you say that you have to leave the ball in their court that they can contact you when they are ready and then walk away because I think sometimes trying to keep in contact just keeps everybody stuck you can't really move on they can't move on you can't move on it's much easier to walk away and and try really hard to lose the guilt because I think guilt is such a wasted emotion. And when I left that first marriage, I felt so guilty. I felt guilty for seven years. Meanwhile, he had met someone else, got married, had kids, totally happy. There's me still feeling guilty. Sometimes I think that the heartbreaker hurts more than the heartbroken. Interesting. I really do think that. I think it's, sometimes it's harder to be the one to leave than it is to be the one left. I don't know what you think about that, but I I find that more difficult. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it depends. That's sort of a cop Mm. out of an answer, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Both hurt, don't they, really? Yes. There's no good way. And it's always bad to leave the family, but I don't know. Oh, it is. It's awful. I feel like I've stayed in touch with a lot of families of exes or the ones I really love. I have. I have, but I've always been the one to leave, though. Yeah. So maybe it's more difficult if you're the one left. And my my family, I have to say, were fantastic with my first husband because everybody loved him. He was such a nice guy. And they did stay in contact with him. But I think he was the one that said, you know what, this is actually more painful than, Uh-oh. you know, yeah, it was awful. So you see why I felt so guilty? I see. Because he was such a nice man. I feel like anyway, I need to go meet him. <laughs> God, I hope poor old Miles, my husband, must say, oh, for God's sake, just go like, on about awesome. him again. <laughs> it sounds amazing. No. <laughs> anyway. Miles is even better. He's yeah. like a million times better. He's perfect. Oh, Anyway, gosh. right. Um, okay. Challenge of the week. Next challenge. Of the week. Right, now, last, last week, you instructed everyone to not have, well, I can't even, re- so not to stay on the bed and do things in a boring way. This week, what is it? Yes. This week, well, was about, when I was writing about the fantasies and thinking about the fantasy question, I thought what's really important for couples is to find out their partner's thing because we all have a core erotic theme of something that we need to express or there's something that really does it for us. It's the thing that you do when you're masturbating on your own and you look at porn and you're like, there's my little thing, that's my thing, I'm going to go into that category, right? Now, most people never tell their partners. They never confess it because they some people just want it left as their thing, but other people just feel like they're going to be judged. And your thing might be, you know, watching a certain category of porn. It might be enjoying anal sex. It might be being spanked. It might be having sex in public. It might be wearing a particular item of clothing. So 
the people who know each other's thing are the most highly sexually satisfied of all. If you feel like your partner can indulge the thing that you most want to do, that the thing that you'd really most like to try or, or have tried and too embarrassed to include every time you have sex, you are going to have the best sex with your partner. So that's your job for this week. Your sex challenge is to find out your partner's thing. Have a conversation about it and see where it takes you. Okay. And you have to do that as well, Zippy. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's your homework. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Thank you so much for another fun episode of Sex Talk. And for everybody listening, feel free to reach out to us. Go to sextalkpod.com and enter your questions or comments or whatever, and we will get back to you. Thank you, Tracy. Okay. And any in- info on why I might always imagine a workman without a top on would also be useful. <laughs> I'm going to find you a calendar, like one of those. Like, oh, men. no. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Yeah, I bet they exist as well. I'm sure they do. All right. All right. I promise to be less weird next week. You're not weird. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> weird. That's what's so fun. All right. Yeah. All, right. All right. Bye, Tracy. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out, too. Thanks again. 